Good Saturday morning. Welcome to three hours of live and local on WNTK, 99.7 FM in New London, New Hampshire, and WUVR, 1490 AM and 98.9 FM, 11 in New Hampshire. You are tuned in to Saturday Sports Talk, your weekly catch-up on what's happening around the Upper Valley in high school and college athletics. I'm Greg Fettel. Coming up in just a little bit, a peek back at Friday's action on the high school realm as Hanover Baseball picks up another win. Woodstock Boys Tennis with an impressive effort against an improved Hartford High School Boys program. Dartmouth uh, wrapping up the season pretty much. Most sports are done. Lacrosse wrapped up last weekend. Baseball and softball over the next two. Both are at home today and tomorrow for an opportunity for you to go out and catch some action. So we'll check up on that, the high school schedule for today, maybe look ahead to next week and some of the standings as we hit uh, roughly the halfway point of the high school sports season in New Hampshire and Vermont. And as we do every Saturday, this is just the start of three hours of live and local. Rich Parker and Rob Woodard coming up after 10 o'clock for two hours of Valley Buzz to take you up until noontime when you have to go rush off and make a sandwich and get some potato chips and maybe take a short nap to get back for Red Sox baseball at 310 today as they continue their series at Fenway Park against the Chicago White Sox. Magic Matt's in the studio in New London taking over for Dapper Dan who's still lost in the woods of Coas County somewhere. Hope to have him back in a couple of weeks but if you'd like to join the conversation one 299 3151 is the phone number and as we do on every edition of Saturday Sports Talk. Not everything that happened in the world of sports on Friday night made it to Saturday morning's newspaper so we are going to read about it. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoffs, Boston Bruins. After being outplayed thoroughly in Raleigh, North Carolina for the first two games of their first-round series against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Bruins showed their true selves last night and came up with the first win of their series. Goaltender Jeremy Swayman making his Stanley Cup Playoff debut in net at 25 saves, and the Bruins rallied from an early deficit, in fact, to get their first lead of the entire series, first lead of the entire season on the Hurricanes on way to a 4-2 victory at TD Garden last night. The Canes still have a two games to one lead in the series, but at least now the Bruins can point to having played a solid two-way game, which was missing through the first two contests of the series. Goal and two assists for Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, and Charlie Coyle each had a goal and an assist. And the Bruins were a perfect 5-for-5 five five on the penalty kill and even had a shorthanded goal and a power play goal. Not a whole lot of the latter toward the end of the regular season. Vincent Trocek and Jacob Slavin had the goals for Carolina. Yoder Kochikov with 24 saves in his first playoff start for the Hurricanes, who are missing Antti Rata because of an injury from earlier in the series. Uh, after a couple of four-goal uh, against Knights for Linus Olmark to start things off, uh, Coach Bruce Cassidy going to Swayman last night, former UMaine goalie, was solid pretty much all the way through, and that certainly helped early on after Trocek put Carolina up one to nothing midway through the first period. Coyle tied it shorthanded late in the period, pa uh, finishing off a Jake DeBrusque pass, and then it was all Bruins pretty much after that. Uh, lead went up to 2-1 when Marshawn got a goal uh, on a wrist shot, then Pasternak made it 3-1 on the power play and then went give-and-go with Taylor Hall early in the third to make it 4-1. Late goal made it a little bit sketchy, but Swayman was solid the rest of the way. Bruins 4 and the Carolina Hurricanes 2, and the series continues at TD Garden. I believe uh, tomorrow will be uh, the date for an afternoon contest. Now, there was some hinkiness that went on uh, during the contest last night. Joe Foley, an off-ice official, was hurt uh, when a pane of glass fell on him. It was right after the 
Bruins' third goal, the Pasternak goal, that made it 3-1 to one in the second period when fans began banging on the glass right by where Foley was. It landed on his head and appeared to knock him out cold. Trainers from both teams rushed over to his help. He had to be stretchered off of the ice, was uh, greeted by most of the players on both teams on the way out. Bruins saying afterward they believe he's going to be fine. He was just held at Massachusetts General Hospital for observation. The other games on the NHL playoff scoreboard last night, Toronto took a 2-1 lead on its uh, series with two-time defending cup champion Tampa Bay with a 5-2 victory down in Florida. Minnesota jumped on St. Louis for a couple of early goals on way to a 5-1 win over the Blues. Wild lead that series two games to one. And the Edmonton Oilers channeling Wayne Gretzky in the 1980s teams that won five Stanley Cups, racking up eight goals last night, routing Los Angeles 8-2 in that contest with Evander Kane getting the hat trick. The Oilmen are up two games to one in that series. Uh, every other series going on today with the Panthers in Washington at 1 o'clock, Colorado at Nashville at 4.30, the Rangers against the Penguins uh, in Pittsburgh for game three of their set. Uh, that's a 7 o'clock start in the Flames in Dallas for a 9.30 start. Note on the Penguins, former UNH goaltender Casey DeSmith is done for the rest of the playoffs. He had core muscle surgery on Friday. He left uh, midway through the second overtime of the Game 1 triple overtime win over the Rangers uh, over on Tuesday, but was unavailable for the playoffs last year as well because of core muscle issues. Also, the Penguins without Tristan Jari, who has continued to rehab a lower body injury that's kept him out for nearly a month. So that means number three goalie Louis Domingue will once again be in the net when Pittsburgh and the Rangers play today. One note of injury and uh, issue for the St. Louis Blues, former Bruin uh, Tory Krug taking a lower body injury in that game with Minnesota last night. He appeared to injure his leg on a check of wild forward Matt Boldy and then had to limp off the ice. And this is a team that was already missing two other defensemen to injuries as well and now trails in its series two games to one. NBA playoffs, who's going to be in uniform, who's going to be injured and on the sidelines? That's really the big question as the Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks get ready for Game 3 of their Eastern Conference semifinal in Milwaukee this afternoon. It appears that the Brew, uh, Celtics rather are going to get back uh, Marcus Smart, who missed Game 2 because of a thigh injury. The uh, Celtics still very solid in getting a victory in that contest, 109-86 on Tuesday night, and should be well-rested for it. But the other hand, the Bucks still will be without uh, Chris Middleton, who sprained a knee in the second game of their first round series with Chicago and continues to be out of action. And George Hill also is out of action with an abdominal injury. So once again, Giannis Antetokounmpo has to put the bucks on his shoulders if the uh, defending champs are going to continue in this series. It is tied two games apiece, tap-off time right about 3.30 this afternoon. On the schedule last night, home teams won to get back in their respective series. Philadelphia, a 99-79 winner over Miami. Heat lead that set two games to one. The surprise of the contest uh, Joel Embiid decided before the game to return to action despite that broken uh, orbital bone issue in his face. Uh, he still was effective, 18 points, 11 rebounds. Jimmy Butler, 33 points for the Heat in that one. James Harden had 17 to lead the Sixers. And Dallas got a win back in its series with Phoenix, a 103-94 victory down in Dallas last night. But the Suns are still up in that uh, set by a count of two games to one. Luka Doncic with 26 and 13 to lead the Mavs in that one. Charlotte Hornets have reportedly begun their search for a new head coach and five candidates, all assistant coaches or consultants right now, appear to be in the picture. That includes two-time former NBA Coach of the Year Mike D'Antoni, 
who is a consultant with the New Orleans Pelicans. Other candidates include uh, assistants uh, Kenny Atkinson from Golden State, Sean Sweeney from Dallas, David Vanderpool from Brooklyn, the only team in the group not in the playoffs anymore, and two Milwaukee assistants, Darvin Ham and Charles Lee, that according to sources speaking to the Associated Press. The WNBA season got off to a start with four games last night. Washington Mystics, a winner over Indiana, 84-70. to Elena Deladon with 21 points, nine rebounds for the Mystics in that one. Chicago Sky defending champions lose to Los Angeles, 98-91. Las Vegas over Phoenix, 106-88. And the Seattle Storm was a 74 winner over Minnesota. Boston Red Sox just cannot seem to hit their way out of their current slump. Just a six-hit effort last night in a 4-2 loss to the Chicago White Sox at Fenway Park that you unfortunately heard on WNTK. That was after Shoei Atani had shut them down for the better part of seven innings in a matinee date against the Angels on Thursday. Uh, in that loss yesterday, those struggles led Boston into the basement of the AL East by itself for the first time this season. The Red Sox have lost three straight, five of six, and are 10 and 17 on the season. Even with Xander Bogart hitting well, other guys like J.D. Martinez, Rafi Devers, Trevor Story, so on and so forth, uh, have been having their issues so far this year, getting that offense going and unable to support the pitching when it is there. Was it there last night? Eh, for the most part, Nathan Neovaldi did give up three runs, but he threw more than 100 pitches over five innings, so uh, not exactly efficient. And the Red Sox down 3 nothing early, never able to make it back up again. 4-2, the count Sox lose to the Chicago White Sox. Series at Fenway continues at 4:10 this afternoon. 3:10 first pitch on 99.7 FM uh, WNTK. And by the way, you did read the schedule correctly. Tomorrow's game is an 11:35 a.m. first pitch. You can blame NBC and Peacock for that one. So a 10:35 broadcast start on NTK tomorrow. Loads of contests rained out yesterday. Six of them, in fact. Kansas City at Baltimore, Texas at the Yankees, Toronto at Cleveland, Mets at Philadelphia, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, and the Dodgers at the Cubs all rained out. Uh, some of them will be made up today, like the Toronto-Cleveland game will be a doubleheader, and the uh, Kansas City-Baltimore and Texas Yankees matchups are scheduled as uh, twin bills on Sunday. As for the games that got played last night, Minnesota over Oakland 2-1, to Houston 3-2 over Detroit. Tampa Bay wins in Seattle 3-1, holding off a Mariners rally in the bottom of the ninth. Interleague action, the Angels shut out the hapless Washington Nationals 3-0. National League, St. Louis 3, San Francisco 2, Arizona 4-1 over the Cardinals. San Diego beat Miami 3-2, and Milwaukee was a 6-3 winner in Atlanta over the Braves. Of course, 20 eager Colts are going to be lining up into the starting gate at Churchill Downs this afternoon for the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby, the first unrestricted race in three years. Of course, COVID got in the way of the last two with the 2020 race being moved to the fall and the 2021 race held at about one-third capacity. Full house this time, 155,000 expected in Louisville for the contest. And it's really a toss-up because there are horses that haven't raced a whole lot. There are horses that haven't even raced as two-year-olds in the field right now. Most recent odds have Taba and Epicet are both 5-1 to one favorites with Messier, named after Hockey Hall of Famer Mark Messier, and Mo Donegal at 7-1 to one and Zanid at 8-1. to one. So really, anything could be expected. And if it turns out to be as wet in Kentucky as it has been in parts of the Mid-Atlantic and the Midwest, that could even change things and maybe a long shot would have an opportunity to go for the uh, title today. That'll 
uh, race shortly before 7 o'clock this evening. NFL Las Vegas Raiders team president Dan Ventrell has left the organization after less than a year. Owner Mark Davidson announcing on Friday that he was no longer with the organization, but with no details, Ventrell said in a statement to the Las Vegas Review-Journal that he was fired in retaliation for bringing concerns for multiple employees about a hostile work environment. Major League Soccer, after finally picking up a win last weekend, New England Revolution at home to meet the Columbus crew tonight, 7.30 down at Foxborough Stadium. Uh, Revolution was undefeated in three matches against the crew last year, but it has certainly been a different season for the squad that has struggled for much of the time. They did get an impressive 2-0 win over Inter-Miami in that contest last weekend, while the crew were 3-0 winners over D.C. United, a consortium led by part Los Angeles Dodgers owner Todd Bowley and backed by Clear Lake Capital appears to be the winners of the auction for Chelsea Football Club of the English Premier League. It is believed that the group will pay $5.25 billion for the West London Club, about 3.1 for the club itself, and another 2.1 to be invested in such things as an upgrade of their stadium and backing the women's program at CFC. NASCAR is in Darlington. Always fun to go down to one of the legend uh, legend tracks, the vintage tracks. I forget what the word, legacy tracks. That's what I'm thinking of for the Goodyear 400. That'll be tomorrow afternoon down in South Carolina. Meanwhile, uh, first ever event for Formula One in Miami at the so-called Miami International Autodrome, also known as a temporary racetrack set in the neighborhood of Hard Rock Stadium, the home of the Miami Dolphins. That'll be tomorrow afternoon in Miami Gardens. And nice to see on the PGA Tour to see Jason Day back on the top of the leaderboard. The Australians had a lot of injuries, back issues over the past couple of years, but he's had uh, two solid rounds at the uh, Wells Fargo Championship at TPC Avenel in Potomac, Maryland, outside of D.C. He's at 10 under par through two rounds, good for a three-shot lead on uh, Max Homa of the United States. And Woodstock native Keegan Bradley's doing pretty well. He had a 5-under 65 yesterday. He's at 5-under for the tournament and 10 shots back within the top 10 so far. So hopefully he'll have a good weekend down in D.C. too. 9.20 is the time. I'm Greg Fennell. You are listening to Saturday Sports Talk. We're going to take a look at the high school results from yesterday and the schedule for Saturday when we come back. Stick around here on WNTK and WUVR. I saw you. I saw you as you were getting your coffee maker going today, doing the, uh, I don't know, what do they dance to in the 80s? Well, they dance to music like this. I just don't know what they call the dances. I'm just, you know, I'm too old and white to know about those things. Greg Fennell with you here on Saturday Sports Talk. One um, 
Red Sox note that I did forget to mention. Uh, the Sox put two players on the COVID list yesterday. Kike Hernandez, who has hit very poorly so far this year, just 189 through 24 games, and veteran right-handed pitcher Rich Hill, both going on the list So uh, on Friday night. So two uh, fewer people involved in the Sox right now. Hill has actually thrown reasonably well for a 42-year-old, an 0-1 record, 2.86 earned run average. He did have five shutout innings uh, in that uh, head-to-head with Shoei Otani on Thursday. It was the relievers who let uh, the Sox down in, in that affair, and of course the bats as well. So uh, two fewer people for the Sox for the remainder of this Chicago White Sox series, which continues this afternoon. 3-10 broadcast time, 4-10 first pitch on NTK, and then tomorrow morning, you can have brunch with the Red Sox. 10.35 broadcast start, 11.35 first pitch because of national TV. And you know what also was kind of annoying last night? I don't know what the detail is behind this, how, why this works the way it is, but Apple Plus uh, apparently has some sort of a uh, TV or a broadcast deal now with Major League Baseball that supersedes local contracts. Uh, so if you may have turned into uh, tuned into Nesson last night uh, expecting to see the Sox and Sox and got the Woo Sox instead, um... You need to send a message to the Red Sox or to Nesson on that one, because I have no idea why an Internet streaming service supersedes the local broadcaster in circumstances like this. Of course, you know, for us, it's great. You get to listen to the game on the radio, which is really the better way to do it anyway, uh, for the most part. Uh, although I do like Dave O'Brien. I think he does a really good job on, on the Nesson broadcast. I get a little tired of the propaganda. Anyway, uh, high school stuff. The uh, Woodstock boys tennis team over in White River taking on a Hartford squad that has really shown a lot of improvement this year. But uh, people starting to catch up to the Hurricanes a little bit. Yesterday, Woodstock getting a 2-0, or, uh, 5-2 victory, I should say, over the Canes at Hartford High School. Uh, initially going down 2-0, uh, Andre Damiano de Souza, who has taken over the eight, uh, number one spot, for the Canes in their ladder this year. He was a 6-1 winner at first singles, and Teddy LaFountain and Sebastian Frazier got together for a 6-love, 6-1 win for the Canes at number one doubles. It was all Woodstock after that. Otto Nissenblatt got it going. Uh, Kalen Lundberg and Cooper Dorsanya also won in singles to give uh, Woodstock that 4-1 lead, and then they clinched it with a uh, doubles win uh, of uh, Nate Satterfield and Kip Gaddis, 6-2, 6-2, in number two doubles to cap it off. So Woodstock with the 5-2 win. Hartford 3-3, uh, three and three, though. That's uh, pretty promising for uh, that squad as they get ready to host uh, Brattleboro on Monday. Woodstock will hit the road on Monday, going down to Burr and Burton. One uh, girls' tennis match of note yesterday. Stevens losing to Manadnock 8-1 down at the uh, Manadnock Park Courts. Uh, the win coming from uh, Pantita Tarasuan and Camden Aldrich, 9-7 at second doubles for the Cardinals, who are, uh, I believe, are winless, 0-6 on the season or something like that. They will uh, host Pelmont on uh, Belmont on Tuesday, make that Pelham on Tuesday. Girls lacrosse, uh, Hartford back above, or Hanover back above the uh, 500 level with a uh, easy one yesterday. The D2 Bears were 17-1 winners over Alvern up at... Um, Merriman Branch Field at Hanover High School. The offense clicking with Maeve Lee leading the way. Four goals, two assists. Leah Naughton, Emily Paris had hat tricks each. Maggie Higgins also with three goals. Sadie Higgins, a goal and three assists, led the Bears in that department, the latter one. Also goals from Callie McDonald, Carolyn Adams, a couple of assists from Lauren Elder. Pretty much everything working offensively against an inexperienced uh, bunch of Broncos yesterday. Hanover has a big one, though, coming up with uh, Gosstown on the road on Monday. Hartford girls looking very good for Coach Heather Hartford. Yes, there is a Coach Hartford at Hartford. Uh, 17-3 route of Milton yesterday up at the Alumni Athletic Complex, also known as 
the football field. Uh, Carolyn Hamilton, four goals, four assists. Uh, by the way, Carolyn, uh, just the other week, I think it was last week, got her 100th career goal and did it in just two seasons because keep in mind that there was no spring sports in 2020 and it was kind of uh, hinky on what did get played in 2021 all because of uh, COVID. So really... Good on you for uh, senior Carolyn Hamilton and the way she's been going so far this year. Addison Cadwell, Elliot Roop, uh, three goals assist and a pair of assists each for the Canes, who are now 7-0 and on the season and heading up to St. Johnsbury on Tuesday. Boys lacrosse yesterday. Lebanon uh, continued its strong play at home, improved to 4-3 and on the campaign with a 13-5 victory over Hillsboro Daring. Hunter Grant, four goals and an assist. To lead the Raiders, who also had two goals each from Griffin Ock, Colin Mayer, and Noah Mikas. Uh, additional scores from Cesar Salcedo, Griffin Ernesis, and Ryan New. Uh, Ock and Otto Bourne, three assists each. Salcedo had two. Uh, Mayer and C.J. Childs assist apiece. And goalie James Barnett, five saves for the victory for the Raiders, who should have a uh, walkover at Stevens on Monday. Softball yesterday, Kearsarge rolling over Lebanon in five innings, 23-10 to down at North Sutton. The uh, Cougars scored 10 times in the first inning against uh, an inexperienced Lebanon squad, and that was enough to uh, get on toward the Mercy Rule victory in five innings. Cougars are 2-4 and four on the season. Uh, Lebanon has dropped eight in a row. They're now 1-9 and nine in Division Three play. Uh, Piper Morgan, Ashley Blayshock had back-to-back pitches knocked over the left field fence for Lebanon, but in a strange situation, the Blayshock blast, I should say the Morgan blast, was a two-run shot, but it was ruled to be a one-run shot because the first runner crossing home plate did not touch home plate, according to the umpires. That was an automatic out. Uh, Lebanon has given up 20 or more runs on seven occasions this season. That comes down to girls who are playing softball for the first time without a whole lot of experience before them. It's not an easy thing to do at the high school level. They'll look for a win against Newport on Monday. Baseball yesterday, Hanover got another win, uh, up to 7-3 and three on the season. Jake Tolman is turning into uh, something of a find for uh, the uh, Hanover baseball squad and Coach John uh, Granger. 13 strikeouts in six innings. That was the backbone of Hanover's win over the 1-8 and eight Cardinals. Sam Sasserdote, who does a lot of the pitching uh, for Hanover, didn't have to worry about it yesterday. Two for four at the plate, two RBI, scored twice. Mason Gantrish, leadoff batter for Hanover. He had a hit, scored three times. Jackson McBride, two for four with an RBI double. Joe Davis, a couple of hits, scored two runs. And Tolman, very dominant on the mound uh, with just two runs allowed on the five hits. Trevor Pierce striking out the side in the seventh to clinch the victory. Uh, Zach Bundy went five and a third for Stevens. Gave up seven runs. Uh, three of them earned, struck out five batters. Uh, Titerio Eric Peasley had two hits apiece for the cards. They will play at Sauhegan on Monday. Hanover also gets Sauhegan next, uh, but doesn't have to travel down there until Friday. Also on the scoreboard baseball-wise yesterday, Lebanon falling at home to Plymouth. Count there was 5-4. to four. I think that drops Lebanon to 2-5 and five on the baseball season. Uh, bear with me a second. I'm going to negotiate my way around the Internet here and uh, double-check on that record for Lebanon. Indeed, 2-5 and five on the campaign and down toward the bottom half of the D2 standings, which is a little bit surprising for uh, Chauncey Wood coach squad, but this is fairly uh, young bunch and one that had a lot of graduation losses last year. That's what the schedule uh, brought us yesterday. As for the schedule bringing us stuff today, most of it's going to happen in the afternoon, which leads me to think that this must be a, an SAT day or, or something of that nature. On the baseball side, uh, Windsor looking for a victory at home against Mount Anthony. That's a 2 o'clock start down at McClay-Royce Field. And by the way, these are all times that you uh, are wise 
to confirm through the various schools' scheduling websites. Oxbow Baseball looking for a win at home against Montpelier. That's a 3 o'clock start. Phil Chaput's done a real nice job with Thetford Baseball. They may be a team to watch in the Division Three tournament as they uh, host Harwood this afternoon up on top of the Thetford Hill. 3 o'clock is the start there. And uh, Rivendell also off to a pretty good start uh, with uh, veteran coach Eric Reichert. Uh, they are at home to Woodstock this afternoon. That's supposed to be a 4.30 start. Uh, Woodstock had an unfortunate occurrence on a Thursday. They had a date with White River Valley up in South Royalton. Uh, two innings into the contest, a pair of players, I believe right field and second base, coming out to get a shallow ball collided. Both were injured one of them required ambulance transport, and the coaches at the time decided they were just going to stop the game right there and make it up at another occasion. So not sure what the situation is in terms of healthy bodies for Woodstock. As far as we know, the game is still going on, and hopefully uh, no issues, uh, serious issues, beyond what was uh, seen on the field up at uh, Alumni uh, Field up in the South Royalton on Thursday. Speaking of which, White River Valley is at home, 4.30 date with Lee Leland Gray this afternoon. If you want to catch some nighttime baseball, Maxfield uh, Sports Complex will be the place to be. Coach Bill Velu and his Hartford Hurricanes are at home at 7 o'clock to take on the Rutland Raiders. Uh, softball today, also all afternoon stuff, and most of the same matchups. Uh, Hartford has a 5 o'clock date at Max Field against Rutland, so you've got uh, softball, baseball, doubleheader going on at Max today. Windsor softball also at home at 2 o'clock. Uh, right there, the shadow of the high school, 2 o'clock to take on Mount Anthony. Oxbow defending state champs at Williamstown at 3 this afternoon. Thetford girls uh, at home to Harwood at 3, and White River Valley girls looking for their first win of the softball season. They will host Leland and Gray at 4.30. Uh, getting started in just a little bit, Keene Invitational Track and Field Meet. Hanover, Lebanon, Newport, and Stevens all sending athletes to that one. Hanover Boys Lacrosse has a date at home up at Merriman Branch this afternoon. That's a 4 o'clock date with Champlain Valley. It's kind of a, a traditional matchup between two long-standing varsity programs from uh, separate states, but nothing that uh, seriously impacts Hanover as far as Division One competition is concerned. CVU is usually pretty good. Uh, Hartford Boys Lacrosse having a good season. Uh, D2 action up at BFA Fairfax today. And the Hanover Crew Squad has a date with Bedford and Exeter on the Connecticut starting right about 3 o'clock on the north side of downtown Hanover. That's what's been happening in high school. That's what's going to be happening in high school today. In the meantime, let's take one time out as we head toward 9.35. It is the final weekend of Dartmouth softball and a non-league action for uh, baseball as well. We'll look ahead to those series as we return. I'm Greg Fennell. This is Saturday Sports Talk at WNTK and WUER. to get you to dance around the house today. The thankful thing about mandatory Ramones music is that none of it is disco-y. 
But they did try to tap into the dancing aspect of the 50s and 60s, of course, like that uh, tune from the, uh, what was it called, uh, End of the Century uh, disc that was, I believe, the one that Phil Spector produced. Not particularly well, but still, there's your mandatory Ramones here. On Saturday, a sports talk at uh, 9.39, 9.40. If you need your Ramones hit, I will guarantee you on this program, every single time I'm here, that you will have it right about this minute of the day on WNTK, WUVR. Greg Fennel with you here on Saturday Sports Talk. I do forget to do this sometimes, and uh, I am not going to forget to do it right now. Thank you to the folks here at the Hilton Garden Inn in Lebanon, right between Route 120 and Le Lombard Road, for uh, I don't know how long it's been now. It's got to be close to six months. They have hosted us in the conference room right here in the main lobby of the hotel. And what's always been kind of neat that I've noticed so far is that it appears the Hilton Garden Inn here uh, is also the host to many of the visiting uh, college teams that come up to play Dartmouth College. Uh, I've seen the Columbia softball team roaming through here. St. John's men's lacrosse has uh, been around. And I do believe we have uh, the Cornell softball team here uh, for the weekend because I've seen uh, plenty of red shirts and uh, a few uh, Cornell uh, logos here and there because they're up here playing Dartmouth softball this weekend. Um, the unfortunate thing is that they are meaningless games. Uh, last weekend, Dartmouth was still in the hunt for a spot in the Ivy League Championship Series uh, with a three-game set with Harvard. The two teams were tied with Princeton for the top three spots in the division. Top two, of course, go to the ICS. Princeton clinched the regular season title and home field for the ICS last weekend. So it came down to uh, Dartmouth and Harvard going at it for likely the number two seed and the visitors role in the ICS. They split a doubleheader last Saturday, and then uh, Dartmouth got off to a real good start in the rubber game last Sunday down at uh, Soldier Field in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The uh, Big Green was up 3 uh, nothing early in the contest uh, and looked to be on the way to grabbing the... Uh, the situation by the throat, really, and uh, being in the driver's seat for this weekend set with Cornell. But unfortunately, Harvard rallied on ace pitcher Brooke Plunka. Uh, freshman Megan Hagee came in and threw exceptionally well through the late innings. Ultimately, though, uh, it went to eight uh, in the bottom of the eighth, two outs, two on, a uh, spinner of a ground ball off the end of the bat to second baseman Billy McFadden. She was able to make the play, but rushed her throw to first base, pulled the uh, first baseman off the bag, and then the base runner uh, moving around third at the time came all the way home to score the winning run, and uh, that put uh, Harvard in the driver's seat. Uh, all Harvard had to do then was on Tuesday and Wednesday go to Ithaca, New York, play Cornell in a three-game set, win two of those games to clinch the other spot in the ICS, which they did. They got the doubleheader sweep on Tuesday, even though Cornell did take a 10-4 win in the rubber game on Wednesday. Harvard has a three-game lead on Dartmouth with three to play and the tiebreaker from winning the series. So it's all over. Dartmouth will finish third in the Ivy League standings. But let's keep in mind what's been going on here for the past few years. Uh, Jen Williams came in, uh, took over the Dartmouth softball program uh, four years ago in uh, 2019, and had the Big Green in the ICS at home against Harvard. Crimson came up with a two-game sweep in that one. But it continued a run of success uh, that had been started by Rachel Hansen, picked up by Shannon Dopking, who's now at Syracuse, and now Williams, a former pitcher at Middlebury, former coach at MIT, has kept it going. Then, of course, Nothing in 2020, nothing in 2021 for all intents and purposes. 
coming back, not really knowing what you have for not having had much in the way of competition for two years, uh, yet Jen had uh, the Big Green in the picture for the ICS up until the last weekend of the regular season. The uh, two teams will play a doubleheader today, as they always do. 12.30 is when things will get started. Uh, and that first game, by the way, will be broadcast live on SM Plus this afternoon. So please make sure you are wearing pants if you're sitting in the front row behind home plate. I will not talk to you if you don't dress properly. And then a uh, single game tomorrow at 12.30. And it's looking like the weather is going to be nice. I know it's a little overcast right now, but the temperature should be comfortable. 50s, around 60 thereabouts. Uh, tomorrow should be nice as well. Uh, so get on out there and uh, support Dartmouth softball because they've had a really, really good season. Uh, the overall record may not reflect it. They won't get back to the 500 mark. But uh, they will have a, uh, a positive uh, record in Ivy League play. They will be third in the division. If they get the sweep, they'll finish 15-6. and six. That's a pretty good record in league play. They will have won, uh, I think, five of the seven best-of-three sets or three-game sets uh, in league play, so that's a good start. Uh, young players have had to play a lot this year. Uh, Hagee looks so good in uh, relieving Planka on uh, Sunday and uh, keeping the uh, big green in the contest. And she throws at about 5 to 10 miles per hour harder than uh, than Planka does. Uh, Brooke, of course, a left-hander. She has uh, been the workhorse. I think she's going to get a lot of votes for Pitcher of the Year for the Ivy League for all the innings and all the strikeouts and all the work that she's done. But uh, Big Green have needed to develop pitcher for the future, and I think Megan Hagee is going to be it. Uh, redhead, right-hander, hard thrower, and I'm sure we'll see her at some point today in the doubleheader set up at Dartmouth Softball Park. Uh, Harvard will go to Princeton next weekend. Best of three set there, and the winner of that goes on to the NCAA tournament. Baseball, meanwhile, has the ever-so-slightest mathematic possibility of st still being in its ICS picture, but let's be honest, um, it's going to take a miracle. The Big Green uh, is out of league action this weekend. They're hosting Manhattan for a three-game set. This is their scheduled week off from Ivy League play. So good to see that they're going to have the usual routine. They're going to stick with uh, what they normally do as far as pitching is concerned. Like any other weekend, the same guys are going to go like they normally would go, which would mean uh, Nathan Skinner will get the start today, Tristan Sarcone in the nightcap, and then Justin Murray, a fine two-way player, will get the call for tomorrow afternoon's game up at uh, Red Raw Field beyond a park. Um, but as far as the ICS is concerned, Dartmouth is, like the softball team, in third place right now. Uh, they are two and a half games behind Penn. Uh, they have three to play. Penn has four to play. Not only does Penn have to wrap up uh, its regular season schedule and will do so uh, next weekend at Princeton, uh, they still have a makeup game that has not been scheduled against Harvard because of inclement weather from earlier in the year. So waiting to find out if that even ends up getting played. I think they might wait until the last minute to decide if it's necessary. Um, the uh, Quakers are off this weekend, by the way, as well. In fact, I think most of the Ivy League teams are off because most of them are in finals. That's what it turns out to be. Uh, Dartmouth, meanwhile, at 12-6 and six in league play, is uh, in need of a sweep of division-leading Columbia which I think also, if I'm not mistaken, has clinched home field for, well, they haven't clinched home field quite yet for the uh, Ivy League Championship Series, but they are in very good shape with three games to play. That's next weekend up here in Hanover. Uh, so you're, here's what you're talking about. Dartmouth has to sweep the best team in the league, and Penn has to be swept by the worst team in the league and lose to Harvard. 
in a game that hasn't been rescheduled yet. So, you know, try not to let that uh, affect your thoughts too much as the Big Green gets ready for the Jaspers this afternoon. It is a doubleheader situation, of course, today as well. Uh, they'll get started at 11 o'clock or 11.30 this morning for the Twin Bill single game at noon tomorrow. And you will be forgiven if you don't recall the last time that the uh, Jaspers and the Dartmouth Big Green played. Um, in fact, it was almost 122 years ago to the day, May 10th, 1900, uh, an 11 11 tie between the squads in New York. And uh, by the way, no truth to the rumor that I was there for that one. Uh, what is kind of neat about this deal is that a former member of the Big Green is coming back for the series. Uh, Tyler Fagler, who graduated in 2020, is a grad transfer, uh, taking advantage of the extra year available to him because of the cancellation of the season last year due to COVID-19 and, of course, the uh, all-but-complete cancellation of the 2020 campaign as well. So he is back. Right-hander has pitched in seven games for Manhattan so far this year, has started four a uh, couple of weekends ago, came out of the bullpen against Ryder, shut out the Bronx on one hit over three innings. Uh, he was 1-3, 5.06 earned run average, 37 and a third innings with 25 strikeouts and just 10 walks in his Dartmouth career. So it's neat to see a big green player come back to Hanover in this uh, bizarre grad transfer situation that has been created by what COVID-19 did to sports all the way around. A couple of other notes uh, of interest from Dartmouth over the past couple of days uh, from women's lacrosse, fifth-year player Idea Iansakian, and I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, was yesterday named the winner of the M.A. Sorensen Award. That goes to the best player in collegiate women's rugby in the country. So that's a real neat honor from the Washington Athletic Club. Uh, Einsakian is the Big Green's second player to earn the award, which has only been handed out for four years. Senior Emily Henrik won it uh, back in 2019. Einsakian plays the number eight role. In rugby, that's kind of like the central midfield role in soccer. Not necessarily an offensive role, not necessarily a defensive role, but a leadership role and perhaps the most important uh, linchpin of the 15 players on the pitch at the time. Uh, she was a key member of uh, the Big Green. In fact, won the MVP in the National Intercollegiate Rugby Association Championship game, had a pair of tries in Dartmouth's 28-18 win over Army last fall. It gave Dartmouth its second women's national championship in program history. So congratulations to her. And congratulations to former Dartmouth men's hockey coach Bob Gaudet. He was chosen as this year's recipient of the uh, Parker York Award from the New England Hockey Writers Association. That is the biggest award that the hockey writers in the region hand out. He got that on Thursday, given out to uh, a member of the college hockey and amateur hockey community for contributions to the sport. Uh, Gaudet, who, of course, wrapped up his career a couple of years ago, is the sixth person connected to Dartmouth to win the award after uh, coaches Eddie Jeremiah, Jack Riley, Bill Riley, Charlie Holt, and George Crow. Of course, not all these guys were coaches at Dartmouth, but they all uh, either worked at or played at Dartmouth. And, of course, Bob, uh, more than 1,000 games behind the bench over 32 years, winning his coach in Dartmouth history, uh, most games coached in Dartmouth history. Uh, so congratulations to him on very much well-deserved award. Coming up on 9.51, we'll rattle around the empty recesses of our brains for three minutes of ads and then come up with something to talk about. To close out this edition of Saturday Sports Talk, I'm Greg Fennell. You're listening to WNTK and WUVR.
of the Upper Valley, and hopefully you're not looking in the window here at the conference room at the Hilton Garden Inn, because it's not a pretty sight. That, uh, Simply Red, wrapping up our bump music here on Saturday Sports Talk. Uh, th that's kind of a stretch for me to go to Simply Red and McHucknell and call them New Wave, because they they dealt more in the in the uh, stereotypical blue-eyed soul music, but still, they came out from Manchester, England, 1985, right smack in the middle of the New Wave era, so I figured I'd throw them in on a danceable set of music that began with, appropriately enough, a song from Spandau Ballet called To Cut a Long Story Short, which is what my wife tries to get me to do in anything I describe. Uh, Duran Duran's Girls on Film, ABC's How to Be a Millionaire, Your Danceable Ramones, if you could find anything like that, Do You Remember Rock and Roll Radio, New Orders, Bizarre Love Triangle, and Simply Red to wrap it up here. Thanks to Magic Matt, who's doing a three-week fill-in for Dapper Dan, finding all these tunes and Hopefully uh, he didn't start uh, wiggling a little bit too much down at the studio in New London because you know when old guys dance it's no it's not a not a pretty thing. Um, coming up on Tuesday uh, in Newport it is uh, town meeting vote day and the one thing that is uh, standing out on the ballot and I'm seeing a lot of uh, coverage and a lot of letters to the editor about is a, an 8.65 million dollar appropriation for a brand new community center. Um, P.J. Lovely has done a fantastic job with Newport Recreation down there. I have been in the old uh, uh, community center. It is outdated. It is uh, not really that functional for what is needed in, in this particular time. And as somebody who, through 35 years in the Upper Valley, has spent a lot of time in the Carter Community Building Association in Lebanon, I think I can speak from experience that buildings of this nature are extremely valuable to any community. The one thing that really always struck me about the CCBA was the belief that every town should have something like this. Uh, Hanover has the Black Center. Hartford now has the Upper Valley Aquatic Center. Uh, CCBA in Lebanon. The folks down in Springfield beat, built the Edgar May Center after the CCBA. They came up and researched what was being done in Lebanon and built something smaller but similar in uh, scope and function uh, in downtown Springfield. And these are all very valuable things. The, uh, the arguments being made for the new community center in Newport are all very, very strong. And from what I have seen so far, it is something that is getting a decent reception. But again, whenever we go to the ballot box or whenever we go into the voting booth, uh, here in New Hampshire, money is the big deal. Uh, this is a cheap state. This is a state that does not support, at the state level, things the way uh, that it should. And sometimes that filters down to communities as well. So I hope that if you are a Newport resident and you are somebody who cares about your community, you are willing to uh, stomach the notion of $8.5 million for a community center, knowing that 
uh, a lot of it is being covered through donations so far. About half of it they're looking to get from other sources. About $2.7 million has been raised so far, according to what uh, Patrick O'Grady wrote in the Valley News this week. Uh, so the, the impact on the average taxpayer I don't think stands to be all that great. The uh, Australian ballot voting goes on Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Newport High School Gymnasium. And not just for this, but for all purposes. We've seen the mess in Croydon over education right now that we need to be more engaged in what's happening in our towns and cities as voters and as citizens. This is a great opportunity for Newport to really take a positive step forward in recreation for adults and youths, and I hope the folks in Newport do take advantage of it next week. That's it for today's edition of Saturday Sports Talk. Thank you to uh, Magic Matt for the work down in the studio in New London, to you folks for listening. I'm Greg Fennell. we got Rich and Woody with Valley Buzz coming up after the news and the weather for up till noon, and then Red Sox baseball, 310 this afternoon for the pregame on NTK as they take on the Chicago White Sox. You've been listening to Saturday Sports Talk. This is WNTK and WUVR. Folks, go out there. Have a great weekend. Take care.